Well, welcome to week 10 of The Miners, where we are talking about Nahum with a very special guest. Just one today, uh, Jonathan Whitaker. Hello. Good to be here. Yeah. Just, just rolled in from Arizona. So that's where you live so, now, right? You and your family? Yeah. Yeah. For the, probably the next two years. Okay. So uh, new assignment. Uh, just uh, We're only six weeks into it. Yeah. And you're Space Force? Space Force, yeah. yeah. Excellent. I'm, a, I'm the director of Space Forces for... Air Force Southern for U.S. Southcom. So that sounds super important. It does. But it's just me and one other person. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a growth industry. Okay, good, <laughs> good. So as you mentioned at the beginning of the, your message, you uh, were the elder of our Colorado Springs Church plant. What was one of your favorite memories of that time there? Getting to do uh, the weekly uh, leading the worship with Jennifer and, and Lauren playing the bass and me on the guitar. That's, that's an experience for our family that, uh, that it's part of Lauren's childhood, but mm-hmm. it, it'll, be, it'll just be one of our sweetest memories is getting to collaborate like that. It was just all, all goodness, and I felt God's hand on it. Uh, I loved preparing sermons. Nothing makes you grow like, mm-hmm. like you know, have, having you know, a little bit of pressure, but also, also preparing to give away what, what you've learned. Well, thanks for coming. We appreciate it. Yeah, right on. Good to be here. Thanks for inviting me. So speaking of Nahum, would you mind giving us just a brief overview of, of what you talked about in the message? Uh, yeah, Nahum is a really uh, short book, right? Three chapters. I think it was like 48 verses. And usually when you're doing a survey of a book, you think, oh, well, I'm not going to be able to cover a whole lot of different things. I'm just going to be covering the wave tops. Well, Nahum is pretty singularly focused. Mm-hmm. It's, the, it's the, the wrath of God on Nineveh, which I know you guys talked to Jonah, and, and Nineveh repents. Well, this, this second go-around, Nineveh you know, gets, gets the business. So, so the wrath of God on Nineveh, but, but it's not just about wrath. Mm-hmm. It's about paving the way and preparing the way for Messiah to come through Judah and clearing out all those sin obstacles that stand in the way of God restoring everything. Mm-hmm. Nahum's about, about this historic people, but it's also about us because we have these sin barriers in our lives. We have become enemies of God, but we, have, we serve a God who loves his enemies and invites his enemies into salvation. Mm-hmm. That's Nahum. Mm-hmm. Primary verse this week, the stand verse um, is is how beautiful are the feet of, uh, on the hills of those who bring the good news. Well, there's, a, there's, a, there's something even more beautiful than that, and that's the gospel. So this, this gospel of salvation that comes through the blood of Christ shed on the cross when he, when he paid the wrath of God, he took the wrath of God, and then was raised on the third day. And that's, that's how Paul uses this to say, hey, I'm pulling this from a book where a, a People were condemned, and they were utterly condemned. There's no such thing as Assyria anymore. Mm-hmm. There's no ethnic Assyrians. You know, the people who live there are called Iraqis <laughs> now. Um, but, but e- even in that judgment, God judged that sin. God judged that idolatry. But even in that judgment, he blessed all mankind. Mm-hmm. So that when, when people bring the, the good news, you could call their feet beautiful. So who are those people who, who brought, who've had those, those beautiful feet, who brought that gospel message into your life as you were growing up and, and younger? The first time I ever remember hearing the gospel, I was younger than Olivia is, my youngest, who's seven. I remember I was sitting in the tub. My mom was sitting there in the bathroom, and she just told me how, how a person can go to heaven. So that stuck with me. 
And then I remember being at my cousin's house, my cousin Michael and my cousin Daniel, who's no longer with us, um, and they they just do it kazoo. Are you saved? Hmm. No, because they had recently got had, you know become saved. I don't know what saved means. So had that story in the back of my mind. Then my uncle uh, John. Uh, invites uh, us, my brother and I, to the Wilds Christian Camp, and that's when the message became very clear. You know, we are all we are all sinners who have fallen short of the glory of God, mm-hmm. but we have a God that that has called us out of eternity, that always had a plan that involved the cross and that resulted in the resurrection, and 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 He called me, mm-hmm. and He invited me into His kingdom, and then He paid the ultimate p- price by, you know, as this sermon kind of points out by taking the full measure of God's wrath on him so that I don't have to take that wrath. I'm no longer an enemy of God because of, of the love of Christ and of his sacrifice. In a lot of ways, I still act like an enemy of God. That sanctification process, and, I, and that's just been good preaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been convicted under Aaron's preaching. I've been convicted under things I've heard online. You know, I, I continue to, to come on under this conviction, and I, realizing that Jesus loves me, mm-hmm. and he is going to... Um, finish the work uh, that he started, right? You've grown up and now you share that good news with others and you're, you preach. So that's, yep. so I'm not talking necessarily that, I'm not talking about this Sunday, but like when you're in a relationship with somebody and you're, you're walking with somebody who doesn't understand God's goodness or even really his judgment and, and how that he is, he is sanctified in his judgment and wrath. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how do you communicate that to somebody? How do you express both the, the wrath, the judgment and wrath of God Contrasted to his goodness and grace, um, I I, th- I think you you do it by um, first showing how good God is. So so if if you think of if you think of wrath in human terms, it seems like a hateful thing, hmm. right? When um, wrath, as the Scripture tells us, is reserved for the enemies of God, right? So w- when you do that juxtaposition, you, you talk about. God, who is who is supremely good, who is uh, as as far from sin as as anything could possibly be, who's who's as Isaiah fifty five says, whose whose uh, ways and thoughts are so far above our thoughts and our ways that they're as far above heaven or the earth as heaven the heavens are above the earth. So here's, I'll, I'll wrap in my, my space part of my life because I'm a space operations officer. So the, the, the heavens are not only distant, right, and, and, and um, you know, vast, they're ever-expanding. Mm. We launched a satellite in 1977 called Voyager 1 and then Voyager 2 followed it. You know, you think Star Trek Voyager, that's where it's getting its name from, right? It's a nod to those space probes. Well, those left Earth in 1977 they are still in our solar system, hmm. right? They've been, they've been going for almost, what, 44 years at 34,000 miles an hour, and they're still in our solar system. That's how vast the universe is. You know, if you take that as a fraction of everything else that, that's out there, I mean, light travels at 186,000 miles per second, and, and this thing's traveling at 34,000 miles per hour. And light takes four years to get from here to the, the next closest star. How vast is God's mm-hmm. ways above ours? Greater than that, <laughs> if, that if that's the comparison. So, so you, sh- you show that God is this, this magnificent uh, being who is, who is so far mm-hmm. above us and so far above our ways. And you say, I've got no basis of comparison for that. 
But then, God, then, then the psalmist tells us that he uses that same comparison and says, heavens above the earth. That's how, how great his love is for those who fear him. I don't have to understand him completely. But I know the greatest being in the universe that created the universe from his creativity loves me in the mm. same way that, his, that he is far above us. Mm. And, and I love in the message you said, who's the enemy of God? All we have to do is hold up a mirror. And that is such a, a humbling thing to think about. Like, oh, yes, I am, I am an enemy of God. And so, therefore, you know, I have to take seriously what that means and then take seriously, like, the, that love of how, just how much God has done to fix that problem. Yeah. Nahum was sent to Judah, but the wrath was sent to Nineveh. It, it shows that, that God, God does not let sin slide, and he's not ultimately going to let sin slide, which is a good thing for us, mm-hmm. because he's going to restore everything. He's going, he's going to restore everything back to him, and it all started with the cross. And that is what Nahum's about, about, about paving the way 600 or so years before Christ came for, for Messiah to enter at just the right time in history. Awesome. Well, I don't know if there's anything else we can say on top of that. That was, yeah, right. that was incredible. That's, that's the good news. So as, this week, as you look in the mirror and you realize that apart from Christ, you are the, you are the enemy of God, uh, rejoice in the fact that God offers salvation. He offers healing. He offers uh, us a path back into the fold. And that he didn't just stop with the Israelites. That he, his plan from day one is the salvation of all peoples who trust and put their faith into him. And if you're somebody watching this who doesn't have that faith, reach out to us. We'd love to help walk through uh, what it means to live in God's grace, to walk in his ways, to follow him as our good and gracious creator. We'll be back next week with Eric Jafruti teaching uh, and a guest as we get back into our normal routine now that I'm back from my honeymoon and trips and all that. So I hope you've enjoyed this shorter episode. And we'll be back next week with the full uh, length talking element. I'm, I also have to say I'm glad he went with the baseball theme because, you know, not all, all of these guys are, are at least over 18 when they did their prophecies. So there you go. Minors. There you go. That would have that been a harder one to pull off. Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs>